In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Happy are they who observe God's decrees, who seek God with all their hearts. I've not always enjoyed decrees so much. When I was uh, um, I, probably about eight years old, our next door neighbor, who was kind of the cool guy on the street, you know, he was younger than all the other parents. They didn't have kids of their own. And he was a pilot for Delta Airlines. And around the neighborhood, he was, he was always so affable, so easygoing. And he asked my mom and dad if, um, if he could take me out in his, uh, a, a plane that he shared with other pilots. So we went out to Lakefront Airport, and I was so excited to be, I had never flown before. And we were going to go up in this little two-seater plane. And so, you know, I thought it was kind of like a car. Like, you just jump in and take off. No. He breaks out this clipboard with this long list on it and a sharpened pencil and begins going through the pre-flight checklist. And it took forever. And he wouldn't hurry. Despite my nagging, come on, can we go? Can we go? Can we go? Isn't it time to go yet? No, we have to go through the pre-flight checklist. And he kind of transitioned before my eyes. He had like a change of demeanor, a a change of heart. He was committed to this pre-flight checklist in a way that I didn't understand. I do now, though. Because now I understand the purpose of the pre-flight checklist. The pre-flight checklist, as he knew all too well, was to keep us alive. And not to mention all the people on the ground, too. And so he was committed to that pre-flight checklist. Not just to check the boxes off, but in order to make sure that what it intended was fulfilled. Does that make sense? Well, y'all are smarter than me, you know, because even when I got to college, right... I remember my roommate, if he, we were going on a trip, he'd say, well, did you check the, the tire, the pressure, the air, the air pressure in your tires? And I kind of stick my head out of the window and say, yeah, it's got some. <laughs> I'm not proud of this. I'm just, I'm just being honest. And he said, what about the oil? And I'd start the car and say, yeah, it must have some. And I've not always been a big fan of observing the decrees and seeking them with all my heart. But this guy was, because he knew how important it was. Um, Maybe that has happened to you. Maybe when you started off driving, 20 miles per hour seemed like a ridiculously low speed limit until a child ran out between two cars and you had enough time to stop because you were going 20 instead of 50. Those bureaucratic regulations that seem so cumbersome about food safety may seem like such a pain and unnecessary until you get food poisoning once. And then you realize, okay, well, maybe there's something to those rules. Those laws, good laws, are important. God's laws are good also. And they are important. Happy are those who observe God's decrees and seek God with all their heart. God's laws are good. Moses says that today. 
I set before you today, life and prosperity or death and adversity. Which one are you going to choose? <laughs> That's what these laws are. They're for us, for us to flourish, because that's what God wants for all of God's, all of God's children. But if we just sort of treat them as like a checklist to be done with, well, then we'll miss their intention. So when Jesus shows up in the gospel today, um, we kind of are resuming him in mid-sermon on the mount. You know, my sermons are so compactly scripted to be eight minutes, more or less. <laughs> Jesus' Sermon on the Mount went on for chapters and chapters in Matthew. So, we're picking up. And where he left off last week, in our scripture from last week, was, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so then he goes on. He starts today. You have heard that it was said, the antitheses, but I say to you. And it may sound... As though Jesus is saying, ah, the old law was okay, but now I've got a much better law. We are so much smarter than those Jewish brothers and sisters of ours. No, not it at all. What he's saying is, we're going to go back to the very foundation of these laws. To the meaning and purpose of what God intends through these laws. It's to give us life. It's not just a shortcut or something that we can sort of perfunctory kind of check off and then go about our job, go about our lives. But to understand what God is hoping for us through these laws. Is that, is that, because, you know, this is the season of epiphany or after epiphany, where we look at many of the ways that Jesus reveals who, not only who he is, but who God is as the full revelation of God. And in this case, through these laws, or the foundation of these laws, Jesus is revealing who God is by revealing who and what God loves. And the law reveals to us who and what God loves, what is important to God. And apparently what is important to God more than anything is righteousness. That's all well and fine, but what does righteousness mean? It's one of those words that's hard to define, isn't it? Righteousness. Here's what I mean by that. What I think God means, to be righteous is to be in right relationship. To be in right relationship with God and with one another. And so what the law reveals is how to be in right relationship with God and one another. That's the purpose and the intention. That's what lies at the root and foundation of it all. That's what God wants for us. And the law helps us on that path. So I hope that clarifies a little bit about what Jesus is trying to do. It doesn't? Well, I'm going to keep going. It, it, because when Jesus says, you have heard it said, you shall not commit murder. I say, but I say to you, don't even get angry. Don't tweet out to someone that they're a fool. I know, now you wouldn't ever do that, I know. But do you see what's going on there? It's not enough just, just to say, well, I didn't kill anybody today. Check. And I'll go about my life. No, Jesus is holding us to a, 
to the intention of that, which is to preserve relationships, to honor the depth of who people are. So when that person cuts you off in traffic, you don't just call them a fool, although I might, but, <laughs> but he's challenging us to go deeper, to imagine, oh, maybe that person um, has a sick parent in the hospital and he's racing to get there. Right? You see, that's allowing for the full possibility of their humanity. It's preserving that relationship. You have heard that it was said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you even look at someone with lust, it's not enough for us to say, well, I've been, uh, I won't go into too much detail here, but you know. <laughs> but if we're looking at other human beings, if we're objectifying them just to sort of satisfy some biological craving in me, how can I have an honest relationship with them? How can I be in a healthy, wholesome relationship with my spouse? Right? That's what the law is trying to do. Get us in these right relationships. That's righteousness. I can't just say, well, I didn't get divorced this year, made it again. Guess God's happy with me. I'll go about my life. No, it's about sharing of power, for one thing, because women didn't have the option to divorce back then. But it's also about being in relationships that are mutually beneficial. How is my marriage a representation of Christ's unity with the church? It's not enough just to say that, well, I didn't lie under oath today, no perjury to me. How can I... Tell the truth, live in such a way that I speak the truth in love so that all the people that I'm in relationship with can, can know and trust what I say. Because relationships that aren't built on trust aren't built on much. The point of the law is not just to be a, a scorecard that we get a good grade on. God doesn't call us to perfection. God calls us to relationship. The law is not a recipe. It's a way of living and being. And when we try to follow it with that sort of under, with that understanding, how is this helping me to be in right relationships with God and with one another? Then the fullness, the goodness, the promise of the law becomes real. But if we just treat it like I wanted to treat that pre-flight checklist, right? Oh, yeah, the wings are there. Chunk. Yeah, I came to church on Sunday. Chunk. We're going to crash and burn. And that is not what God wants for us, for any of us. Happier they who observe God's decrees, who seek God with all their hearts. May we be happy like that by observing God's decrees.